and welcome to the Lunch and Learn about the bike sharing and rental programs. I'm Rachel Wayne. I work for the Office of Sustainability, which is an offshoot of the County Manager's Office upstairs. And we offer these programs every couple of weeks or so on different sustainability topics, everything from cycling issues to gardening to home weatherization. And you can always find out about what's coming up next on the county website or Facebook. Or if you put your, hi, welcome, come on in. Or if you put your email address on this sheet here, if you're not already on the list, then we'll email you personally and let you know. So today I'd like to welcome some awesome folks to talk about the different bike sharing and rental programs in Alachua County. And so we have here Joseph Floyd from Active Streets Alliance. Puts together the Active Streets that happens twice a year and has his hands in a lot of other cool stuff as well. And Scott Wright from City of Gainesville and Jacob Adams from UF's Office of Sustainability. So with that, I turn it over to them. Well, I guess, you know, when we were setting this up, I would love to start and just kind of highlight how the rental program works and what some of the highlights and, and attributes of it are and then look at it versus highlighting how the city bike share may work and, and what those differences are. Because they really are different models and I think people don't always appreciate we all say share, but we all mean something different. Sure. Uh, so at UF, um, we have two programs that relate to uh, bicycle sharing. Uh, one is a department program, and that program is designed to allow folks who work in departments, faculty and staff members, uh, to have access to a bicycle on campus for errands that happen either on or off campus. And uh, the idea is to uh, allow those people to use a bike instead of taking a fleet vehicle, uh, which adds to um, traffic on campus, adds to UF's carbon footprint, uh, which are all things that we're conscious of at the Office of Sustainability and that we're working on improving. Um, we currently have about 45 departments on campus enrolled in that program and about 50 bikes issued, so some departments have uh, more bikes. Those bikes uh, can be requested just by emailing the Office of Sustainability. We currently have a wait list as we work on getting more bikes for the program uh, in the Department Bike Share program. Those bikes are refurbished, so when um, bikes are abandoned on campus at the racks, they are tagged, they're given 30 days for the owners of the bike to collect the bike if they don't want the bike to be uh, taken off the rack. Um, and then the bikes are then stored for 60 days, which allows for a period of time for anyone who notices that their bike is missing to follow up and find it and reclaim it. After that, the bikes are considered the property of the University of Florida and um, they're made available to the public via a public auction. Uh, the Office of Sustainability has worked with uh, UPD and UF Asset Management to um, collect some of the bikes from those bikes that are, are reclaimed and go through the entire process and are, are considered UF property. And we refurbish those bikes, and those are the bikes that are offered to department bike uh, departments for the Department Bike Share Program. They're offered free of charge to departments, so we handle maintenance for free for the departments as well. Uh, the idea being that the bike that works is the bike that people will use. And um, it's much uh, more valuable for us to make sure that departments have a bike that's reliable for them and that they can use to get around. Um, and so that's why we have invested the time and the, and the money it takes to make sure that the bikes are well maintained. Um, UF also has a student bicycle rental program. It's a uh, semester long model. And what that means is that at the beginning of any given semester, a student gets a bike and they're able to use it as if it was their own bike the entire time. Uh, so those students who have a bike can take it back to their dorm, they can take it back to their off-campus uh, apartment if they live off-campus or their house off-campus. 
Um, and they used the bike just like they would a personal bike that they had purchased themselves. Um, a lot of the idea of that program is, is to catch uh, freshmen as they're coming in and making a decision about whether or not they'll use a bike while they're here at UF. And so uh, we try to catch people who maybe aren't dedicated cyclists who are very likely to have their own bike and to have brought a bike with them or purchased a bike when they arrive in town. Um, and obviously we're not catching many people who are dedicated to not having a bike, uh, people who would drive a car or a scooter or anything else. So we try to find those people in the middle who might be a novice cyclist, might not have ridden a bicycle in a while, and we try to give them an option uh, to have a bike that's always up and running and uh, is reliable, has racks and fenders and things that make it really um, a comfortable bike for commuting. Um, and so those bikes are offered to students at a very uh, low price to help cover just the expense of the capital investment in the program. Um, and they're provided with a lock and a helmet, which is also something that's provided for the department bikes as well. Uh, so those bikes are $40 for an individual semester. And if you commit to two or three uh, semesters, the additional semesters are $30 a piece uh, as a discount and an incentive to try to get the students to commit to a longer term period of having the bikes. So they, um, they will be $40 for a single semester, $70 for two, for $100 for an entire year. And that covers all the regular maintenance on the bike, uh, and including flat tire repairs and the cost of tubes for flat tire repairs. So it's a really great value for students. Uh, if you were to do it your entire undergrad career, you'd spend $400 and have a bike that was always maintained, always ready to go, uh, and always in good shape. Um, we currently have 100 bikes in that fleet, and for the fall and spring since we rolled it out, uh, they've been completely rented out. It's been a very successful program, and we've decided uh, to double the size of that fleet for spring 20, or fall of 2016, so we'll have a 200 bike fleet at that point. Um, and as far as it, you know, those programs relate to what the city is bringing out with Zagster, um, I think that they really complement each other because they really serve different communities. And whereas Axter um, is a, a great option for someone who's looking for a bike on a short-term basis, whether it's for a recreational ride or for transportation from a point A to point B. Um, and the nice thing about Zaxter is it allows you to have point C and D if you like as well, where you can lock the bike up wherever you go. Um, it, you know, it, really, it really serves a different niche community, and I think that it's, uh, they're going to complement each other well and be, um, be good for each other. Yeah? What happens if the bike is stolen? For students who have bikes stolen, and this has happened, um, all the bikes are registered with the University Police Department. Uh, so they have the special tags that the UFPD provides. Um, and we, um, we ask those students to file a police report. And students who file a police report indicating that their bike's been stolen, um, we trust them on that, and they're not charged the replacement cost of the bike. Um, we assume that people will not perjure themselves by filing a false police report. Uh, and so those students who you know, have the unfortunate uh, incident of having a bike stolen uh, aren't penalized uh, in that way. Um, if they do want to come back into the program and get a replacement bike, we ask those students to um, pay a $125 deposit that will be refundable upon uh, return of their, um, of their second, second bike. bike. Uh, and in the event that that bike is stolen or goes missing as well, um, the students are uh, asked to um, pay the full $250 replacement value of the bike to get a third bike. We haven't had that come up uh, so far. All the students who have had a single theft incident, which has been about four uh, out of the fleet for the year, which we think is a pretty good number, 4% is not too bad, um, have been very good with the bikes that have been issued as replacement bikes. Yes? 
Yeah, I have two questions. Sure. Number one, can you tell me more about the bike sharing program? This is my first event. Sure. Uh, well, so I just went over it. Um, basically, we have a department bike share where bikes are issued to departments uh, for free to the departments on campus. And then for our students on campus, we have a semester-long program where students can pay to have a bike. Um, both of those programs include uh, maintenance on the bikes uh, and just you know, designed to provide access and mitigate motor vehicle uh, rides on campus. Yeah, I have another question. Mm -hmm. um, is there another bike sharing place, like if people need a bicycle on long term and they want to travel long distance, let's say from Florida to Asheville, North Carolina? Uh, I don't know of any programs that are offered like that in the community right now. Mm -hmm. um, I would say your best bet and you know, that kind of investment, if you're looking at a long-term bike rental, uh, you're very likely to pay for something like that nearly the cost of a bicycle. Uh, so finding a great used bike at one of the bike shops in town or at the Free Will Project here, which is a great nonprofit working with um, with the community okay. to provide affordable and accessible bikes is a good mm -hmm. a good way to go. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Are the bikes that you rent out to students on a long-term basis, mm -hmm. are they those leftover bikes you were talking about from the auctions? Mm -hmm. Because it sounds like if they're being used every day and you're maintaining them, there has to be a a very convenient place for students to take them for repair and they would expect a somewhat better bike than if you had a department bike where you just hopped on for a short ride. Sure, so for the Gator Gears program, the student rental program, we have uh, bikes that are custom made for us. Um, they're made in China and shipped over here. Um, they have a three-speed internally geared hub and they use a coaster backpedal style brake. Uh, that makes the bikes very durable, so they don't suffer from a lot of repair needs. The majority of the repairs we've had, and in the fall and the spring combined so far, uh, we had about 50 repairs total. Uh, the majority of those were flat tire repairs, so you know the kind of common things that you would run into. And the way that we handle repairs is we have an online request form, and we have a phone number they can call if they have an issue. Um, and we address those uh, repair requests within 24 hours by actually coming to the students wherever their bike is broken down. Uh, so students don't have to drag a broken bike across campus, or if they're relying on a bike and don't have a vehicle to get to a bike shop or another place, um, it makes it uh, just an added convenience uh, for students to be able to have the bikes repaired as they need them, uh, wherever they are, whether it's at their dorm or at another building on campus. Uh, we have interns dedicated to the program that have been trained to be mechanics, and they will meet the students where they are and complete the repairs. So Jacob, could you explain to them in a little more detail, you know, one of the largest differences for the departmental bike share in my mind is it, it really is a department level bike. Right. And, and or two of the greatest differences. One is just for that department and two, in, in my mind, you're taking what bikes are available, the best of the best of what's left. Right. And so they may not get the same experience that they would get with either you know the bikes that you guys are buying new for the students or the Zaxter bikes, both of which have a little more variability and user height and, and sure. some of those other nicer features that come with it. Mm -hmm. Could you maybe go over that a little with them? Well, so, you know, um, at a high level differences, uh, the student bikes are really one bike, one student. And the department bikes are intended for multiple users. Uh, just anecdotally, with the department bikes, we definitely find that there are what we consider heroes in the department who are very serious about biking and using those bikes and um, while the bikes are offered to uh, the entire department for use, there's generally a, just a handful of users in the office that choose that over a motor vehicle um, and in a lot of offices you only have really a handful of people who travel around campus anyways and leave their desks on a regular basis. Um, 
When it comes to the experience uh, for the departments with the different bikes, we work with the department um, as we're getting ready to issue a bike so that the uh, department can get the kind of bike that it needs. Um, so we make sure that the size ranges of people who are in the department who have indicated that they want to use a bike will be served. Um, so we choose the right size bike and we choose the right type of bike. And then we also accommodate the department if they need things like racks or baskets. Uh, for instance, Transportation and Parking Services has um, a handful of our department bikes. And those bikes have been equipped uh, to carry a boot so that uh, if a car is parked illegally and has been determined that it needs to be booted, um, they can carry those out on bikes. So these are the ticketing agents actually go out on, our, on some of our bicycles and uh, ticket in the lots, and then they're also able to, to carry um, the equipment they need to, to complete their jobs. So, you know, we really, uh, we do our best to cater to the individual departments, depending on need. Something you said made me wonder about the seat height, mm -hmm. because as a person who's 5'1", I know that I can't just hop on a bike. Sure. And most of the seats I've seen required a wrench, but mm -hmm. I know there are some that adjust more easily, but then it makes it easier for someone to come along and steal the seat. Sure. How do you deal with that aspect of it? Um, well, you know, it is a department-by-department department thing, and so we most of the bikes that we have do have the quick-adjust seats, so they are able to go up and down, and um, we do confirm with the departments um, if they're going to have users of various heights. We have some departments that we've issued a smaller bike and a larger bike to, uh, to accommodate the, the various riders. Um, so in those cases, we, we definitely make sure that we work with everyone uh, who needs to be able to use the bike so that they can to provide as much access as possible. And so with, with that, I wish, you know, maybe Scott, you could um, chime in a little bit with, with how Zaxter's model will work with the city and, and how it will accommodate, because I feel like some of those things are thought into the bike itself and the model, and maybe you could just go over briefly 30,000 foot level sure, what sure, that sure. looks like. Um, okay, so what the city is working on is also called bike share, but it's a, it's a different type of bike share. Uh, basically what it is is... I don't know if, if any of you remember, probably back in the late 90s, there was a yellow bike yes. program in Gainesville. And yeah, and it didn't go very well. So, so this comes out of the idea of those yellow bike programs. And that was kind of an international uh, fad, I guess, for lack of a better, better word, that cities were trying to, to see, okay. And it, was, and it was kind of a grassroots movement. You know, let's throw a bunch of these bikes out on the street make it convenient for people to pick up a bike and ride from here to there around the city. And as you would imagine, a lot of people stole the bikes, they were they, be, they fell into disrepair, they ended up being chained to uh, light poles on the side of the road. So the, the idea was good, but the, but the program um, didn't work well uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, so, but the idea stuck around, and over time, um, there have developed multiple vendors, companies in, in the country, and actually internationally as well, that have developed uh, a bike share product. So not well, actually not just a product, but a service. And what they do is contract with cities and sometimes big companies will have their own bike share uh, systems as well and set up stations and, and bicycles that they operate, maintain, um, they're designed to fit a, a bunch of different uh, you know, size types and different types of users. They're, they're made to be kind of like an, an everybody's bike. And um, they're accessible for short periods of rental. So um, 
the city's program, for example, we're, we're talking about having two stations. It's going to be a pilot program. We'd have one station right over here at Bo Diddley Plaza, and then the other station would be towards Innovation Square off 6th Street, near where the 6th Street Rail Trail is, um, kind of near the roundabout with Southwest 2nd Avenue. So that would be our two initial station locations. So anybody could go there. Um, they have to sign up as a, as they have to sign up basically for a pass through Zagster, kind of like you would sign up for a bus pass or a transit pass if you're visiting a city. And you sign up for this pass, you can do day passes, you can do weekly passes, you can do monthly passes, and you can do an annual pass as well. If you do annual pass, it's basically like a membership. So you have a, a membership or a pass, um, and, and everything operates through a smartphone or a, or a uh, you can actually text if you don't have a, a smartphone to rent the bike as well. You can rent the bike for a period of time uh, and, and basically pay just for that day or, or pay for that year and, and get the rental of the bike. Um, different types of trips that we anticipate people will use would be, you can, you can actually do a point-to-point -point trip. So you can, for example, ride the bus somewhere, get off, and then ride, ride the bike somewhere and leave the bike at, at another station. You can only leave the bike at a station, but you can take the bike anywhere you want. Um, so we also anticipate people will probably do grocery runs. If you work over in Innovation Square, you might want to eat at a restaurant downtown, and you might want to hop on the bike and come down here at lunch for a, for a quick trip to a restaurant. You know, maybe it's a little too far to walk. Um, so there's a, and, and also for visitors, we think it's going to be a great, a great thing for visitors to use as well for the city. Um, Visit Gainesville was actually really interested in the program, and they're not going to be in our initial launch, but they are—they're very interested in sponsoring a station, which would, you know, give us a third station, and, uh, and they see it as really a benefit to, you know, people visiting Gainesville. They don't have an easy way to get around town without having to park here and drive and park there and find another parking space. They think the bikes would really serve a lot of uh, a lot of tourists that are coming to town. That's that's the general idea. Elaborate any questions. Well, I, I would like to point this out. There are some differences beyond just the point-to-point -point system, and, and as UF looks to, at some point in the future, perhaps join Bike Share as well, it opens up more opportunities for, for trips through that whole second Ave corridor. Um, but there are differences in requirements for helmets and what kind of safety training make it. We were speaking a little bit before some of you got here about. Um, you know what what kind of safety training goes when you hand out one of these bikes and maybe you guys could go through both of your models and, and your model too and, and what does and doesn't come with it and we um, you know obviously we're contract the city's contracting with Zaxter so they're, they're a private company that's going to be running this this service and um, they offer special deals on bike helmets and they try to you know promote uh, bicycle safety but there's not a specific program that you have to go through to rent a Zaxter bike. Um, at the same time, though, the city is obviously always promoting the same things, uh, bicycle safety in terms of how to ride a bike safely around town, how to, uh, you know, wearing helmets, and, and we, we promote bicycle safety at schools, uh, as well as just through other means through our website and media, and so we'll, we'll continue with that effort. Um, we haven't figured out if we're going to do a specifically targeted um, safety uh, approach towards the bike share, but I think that's probably something we'll, we'll end up looking into as well. In other words, if, you know, if, you're, if you're 
signing up for a Zaxter membership, then we can also provide some information at the same time about how to ride a bike safely and so on and so forth. Uh, and then at the University of Florida, um, we offer, uh, we have a, a web portal uh, for information about cycling on campus and uh, in general, which is bikes.ufl.edu. Um, and uh, that we offer information about safe cycling, the rules of the road. Um, uh, there's not any specific rules on campus that are different than rules around the city uh, for cycling. Um, so pretty much everything is addressed through that. We do not at this point have a specific training that we ask any of our uh, bicycle rental um, participants to go through. Uh, however, it is something that we're looking at for the future. And um, we do have plans to offer a, a minimum specific online trainings and courses uh, for students to go through when they enter the program. <coughs> Um, that will be offered as well to the departmental bike program uh, members um, and we are looking at the possibility of uh, in-person classes as well um, for the, the midterm future. For the students? For the students specifically, yeah. and, and so for the departmental bikes here, you guys hand out the helmet as well as the lock and the, the lights I think you guys still give out and if I recall, we used to have them sign a waiver saying that they would use those things. Or, or that mm -hmm. they would follow all school policies, which for employees meant right. it was policy that you had to wear a helmet. And so yeah, so there is still um, there is still a waiver that is signed by the departments, um, and that they do indicate that they will use a helmet anytime they're on the bicycle. That is uh, UF's policy for employees for any sort of uh, vehicle travel that um, leaves you exposed. So any any non uh, non car uh, right. motor vehicle, non enclosed motor vehicle. Uh, has to be uh, wearing a helmet. That includes things like segways and uh, motorcycles and scooters. Um, for the, the students, there is no uh, formal helmet policy. UF doesn't enforce one. They rely on the policy of the state, which is those over 16 uh, are not required to wear a helmet. So uh, UF does not force um, a helmet policy on students. Um, we do issue uh, helmets with all each Gator Gears bike, the students receive a helmet for free, and those helmets are theirs to keep um, after they're done with the program as well. Uh, we don't reuse any of the helmets, so we get fresh helmets for every student when they join the program. Um, uh, so you know, we think that that's really valuable, and the students do sign um, a digitally sign a waiver uh, that says that they will use the helmets uh, when riding the Gator Gears bikes. Um, it isn't something that we have a mechanism to enforce. Um, but it is something that we ask the students to commit to uh, when they take the bike. No. Oh, go ahead. If I may, mm -hmm. uh, I commuted to the university for years on a bike, and I always felt that the main deterrent to getting people to use bicycles to get on campus was that you didn't have an option if you needed to drive. Mm -hmm. There are always days when you have a doctor's appointment, a dental appointment, or you just need to go to something off campus sure. at noon, for example. Right. And they make it extraordinarily difficult to temporarily <coughs> park now unless you go to a metered area and hope there's a space and sure. so on. For years, I tried to get traffic and parking to give any registered bicycle rider a 10-slot mm -hmm. uh, pass that they would punch. When you used them up for the year, you were done. But 10 days without any challenge, you could get on campus with your car and use this punch card, but you could only use it with your ID mm -hmm. once or ten times in that period of time. 
that would give people a motivation. What I hear, and I'm really, I'm a, a retired health educator. I care a lot about safety. We struggled all the time through student health on campus to get students to wear helmets and to be more careful. The reality is helmets fit people differently. And you're talking about only using them for one person or having a lot of different sizes and all this. I, what I hear for all these programs is extremely labor-intensive, rather costly programs that might not achieve as much as if on campus you gave, you had your interns go out and give 10 bucks to students with helmets on. You know, there's a motivation there that would be far cheaper than buying all the darn helmets. Why don't you work on the positive side of people and reward those who are doing things right and let the other students say, well, maybe if I get a helmet, I'll get 10 bucks if they catch me, you know? And that's working with the best part of somebody. So what I, and you know, this SHARE program or the, the stations, the reality, I think, is that most people don't want to walk any farther than they have to to get the bicycle. So if the station isn't close enough to where they want to go to, they're going to ignore it and they're going to either walk or whatever. I frankly think it would be cheaper if you bought a bunch of golf carts and used an Uber type of arrangement where people called on campus from one department and said, hey, I need to go over there, and a snap-like uh, person comes out with a golf cart and takes them. Then if it rains, you put the curtains down on the golf cart. I really, really like bicycles. I really, really am safe on them. But I think the majority of, of bicyclists are not safe. They run stop signs. They go where they need to go, whenever they need to go. And it's a really hard sell because we've tried for years to sell students and others on safety. So I suggest that you think really hard about how much it's going to cost and the logistics of it the experience of the Yellow Bike program, which we all admit sounded kind of interesting, but I was amazed at how quickly you could not see a yellow bike anywhere. And I live downtown, so I would have seen them if they were still out and around. Think about it, because these are programs that sell well, but they cost a lot. That's a good quote. Be sure to use that one. <laughs> they sell oh, well, but right they cost away. a lot. Okay. Well, yeah. um, so I would say, you know, first, we're, we're not penalizing anyone um, when it comes to helmets. So we do uh, positively encourage people to use helmets. When it comes to those programs, um, we feel that it's our responsibility to provide uh, a helmet to encourage students to ride safely. Um, and also, you know, the access to the information about safe Why? riding. Would you provide a guy with a jock strap because he should wear one? I think if that person was in a program where we were renting him, say, baseballs and baseball bats, we would certainly provide that person with a jock strap as part of the rental fee for the rest of the equipment, considering it to be a, an important piece of completing the safety involved um, in any program. You know, so if you're riding a bicycle, it's very important to have a helmet on so that you're a safe rider on that bicycle. And so by providing a helmet, we 
decrease that potential barrier to that person choosing to ride safely. Uh, and so from our, our perspective at UF, that's certainly something we're looking at um, and, and trying to make sure that we're serving students in that way uh, when it comes to safety for the program. Um, I really do like your ideas uh, regarding rewarding positive uh, behavior. I think it's a really good idea. I think it's something that we'll certainly consider to look at. Um, and uh, additionally, the programs that you mentioned, like giving parking passes to committed bicyclists, um, a lot of other schools around the country are doing some really innovative things. Um, there's a, a, the Minnesota State does a program where they actually give people who commit to their cycling program, uh, staff and faculty, um, a little sensor for the bike, and they have sensors all over campus. And so if you hit the, that sensor a certain number of times throughout the year, they give you a discount on your premiums for your uh, employee health insurance. Um, so they have two different tiers of that. So at 50 rides a year, you get a discount, and at 100 rides a year, you get an even better discount. Um, so there's lots of that positive incentive uh, for employees that we're looking at, and as the Office of Sustainability, we're, um, we're always considering those possibilities and how we can work with transportation and parking services, who is ultimately in charge of those kinds of policies um, when it comes to parking uh, and access uh, for people who might not be using motor vehicles. Um, you know, it's something that's, that's on our radar, and it's good to hear that, uh, that it's something that other people are thinking about as well. So thanks for the input on that. Even cheaper helmets, I think students would appreciate having a helmet fitting day where for, let's say, only five bucks, if you're giving them out, why not charge five bucks, bring in a ton of helmets, fit students yeah. properly, well, we actually do have show that them how to fit so, them. So they've had that event for several years, and so I would say two things, and I'd like to get, I think someone back here had a question too, so we'll give them all a chance. You know, one of the things that he mentioned was barriers, and so when you look at community-based social marketing, as a framework, it, it's it's great to say to stay positive, and that's part of what it says. But it also says that you should remove as many barriers as possible. And so, what you're saying about providing lots of helmets and opportunities, those things go hand in hand. And so, yes, I understand that that you're you're concerned about the cost of providing a helmet when somebody's already running a bike, but that's a barrier to them taking the action. And we should do that if they're already investing in the program. We should invest in those people. And at the same time, the Office of Sustainability, when I was there and even before, had something called an alternative transportation fair, a transportation day where we actually partnered with the city of Gainesville's uh, public works and uh, bike ped program to do nothing but come out, provide helmets, fit them, make sure they were appropriately strapped, make sure that they knew you don't wear it as a sun visor, that you actually go through the proper action. And so... I would say I, I hear your concerns about the cost and I hear your concerns about what that may impact down the road, but, but I would also tell you this. The more positive feedback and the more times you see your peers do the right thing, the more likely you are to do it. And so the more sure. opportunities we provide for their peers to do the right thing, the more likely they are to follow suit. And so I think it has to go hand in hand and you have to weigh it out. And so. I, I don't want to prolong this too much, but I would say that the, the city, the Office of Sustainability at UF, and in some cases, you know, we even worked with, uh, independently, I worked with sustainability here in Alachua County to build something called a bike gator for the UF homecoming parade, and we made sure everyone who rode with us had a helmet on because we wanted to highlight the positive aspects of that model. And so I, I think it's a longer-term conversation, and, and you cannot do it without bearing some of the costs to initially see the funding and get people doing the right thing. I think, you know, if you look at safety 
from seat belts, it was the same way. We had to do some negative reinforcement. We had to ticket people and do some of those things, but at the same time, we had to provide some positive messaging, and we had to realize that there were some old cars that didn't have seat belts, right? And so you have to offer the seat belt if you want them to wear it. And so all of that kind of goes hand in hand. Um, but with that, there was a question back here. You still yeah. have a question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, is there a bicycle law? Let's say, for example, has someone on the bicycle ever received a ticket by a police officer for not wearing a helmet or for not having a bike light at night? So for lights at night, yes, you will be ticketed. Uh, for not wearing a helmet, if you're over the age of 16, Florida allows you to choose whether you wear a helmet or not. Um, and you can also receive a ticket for speeding uh, in addition to running red lights, uh, breaking in other traffic laws. If you're riding your bike on the road, the law considers you a car. Yeah. And so they will ticket you in the same way as, as they would any motor vehicle. How about if you're riding on the sidewalk and there's no bike If you're riding on the sidewalk, the law considers you a pedestrian. And so if you break any law that would apply to a pedestrian on your bicycle, you can be ticketed as well, which includes jaywalking, running, uh, walking through red lights, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I didn't know they had a jaywalking law here in Florida. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. they, very, they certainly do. Wow. Um, I wanted to, to bring one more point up uh, regarding subsidy of, uh, of programs that, that serve the public and that serve student populations at UF. Um, it's very important uh, to you know consider the cost of any program. Um, but when it comes to large organizations like a city or a county or a university serving the populations of people who come uh, to there and use their services, um, a lot of programs are subsidized. The RTS bus system um, is a highly subsidized program that serves the community, um, and that's you know important to keep fares low for the bus to make it accessible for large portions of the of the community. And so, um, when it comes to bike shares like Zagster, um, it's you know almost all bike shares at this point don't make any money. They get some money recouped, um, but the cost of the program um, is something that the cities that bring them on and the universities that bring them on bear on behalf of service of their citizens. Uh, and so I think, you know, it's, it's just something that is, at this point, a fact uh, of, of the, the bike-sharing uh, world um, and that it's, you know, it's important for cities to invest in their, uh, in their constituents um, and their citizens in that kind of way because, you know, a bike-share program, even a, a small one that might not be really close to where everybody is, like the Studies Axer program, is that, um, that start of a program that can expand and hit other parts of the city. And I think it's important, especially for the city program as a proof of concept, to see that the program is used and that I think the, you know, I won't say it for Scott, but I think the level of success, you know, really is, is seeing that the program is actually being used, um, more so than that the program actually turns any kind of profit during the, the, the pilot period of it. Let me build on that. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and just to follow what Jacob just said, really at the city, you know, we're providing a transportation system for all modes of transportation. So you can walk, you can bike, you can skateboard if you want. Most people drive. Spend a lot of money on, on roads. A lot, a lot of money on roads. Um, so we're spending a little bit of money also on sidewalks. We spend a little bit of money also on, on bicycles and and uh, you know, bicycle infrastructure like bike boulevards and bike lanes and bike parking that you see around downtown that we might have installed. Um, but it's really just about providing options for people. And so the, the Zaxter, the bike share system is really just another option um, if, you want, if you want to think about it that way. And it probably won't serve everyone, but it'll probably serve a few people. Some people might use it once and then they might go buy their own bike. And that, in that sense, it's even a success, you know, even if they only use it 
and say, hey, I, I love riding a bike around town. I'm going to buy a bike now. I'm not going to drive everywhere. I'm not going to fight for that parking space. And, um, so we kind of have to, to look at it as just one little component of this, this whole transportation system that we're, that we're creating. And, and, and yeah, if nobody uses it, then you know, we might not keep doing it. But if it's a success, hopefully we'll, we'll expand it and we'll, we'll put more, men, more, more money into it over time as well. Well, and I want to go back to one thing because, you know, Jacob said that it's not meant to make money and, and, and build a profit or whatever. I, I think what you cannot do in, in cases, especially a true bike share, is you cannot look at it um, solely on the merits of its its cost per ride. It, much like a transit system, you know, what are the other costs or cost avoidance that come along with it? And so for bike share, for instance, when you have visit Gainesville or someone else saying this is for tourist development or for people who are coming into, uh, you know, I've seen several cities that the Chamber of Commerce will actually, including Orlando, they want one there so that people can ride around the downtown district as they're, they're courting some of these corporations to come to their city. Um, so does it pay for itself up front or does it pay for itself just through its own fees? No. But does it provide value that can provide benefit and economic return to the city in some other way? Very likely, yes. So I think we have to distinguish what economic return is versus what the fees paid in are. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, success will be measured in, in are people using it. Right. Yeah. If a lot of people are using it and it's serving those citizens and it's probably doing other intangible things like that. So are there other questions? I know some of us this moment. So Jacob, this is for you um, about on campus, the departmental um, bike share. Mm -hmm. You have um, all the bikes you currently have are, are in the share program or being used? Yes, they are. And um, so on a normal semester when you collect all the bikes and by the end of it, about how many more do you get? Well, so, um, so for the department bike share, it really varies depending on what comes in. Um, we typically, when we go to pick up bikes, get between 12 and 20 bicycles at a time. Um, we are uh, in a holding pattern right now with a wait list waiting on more bikes to become available through the system as we're waiting on the bikes to clear into the UF property and asset management system. So um, it's typically between 12 and 20 bikes when we do pick them up. And that happens um, at this point. Um, once or twice a year. And what's the waiting list? Because I'm thinking about my department. This is sure. first. I've heard of it before. Yeah. So, um, so right now the waiting list, I think, is 14 departments deep. Uh, so that means the next time we pick up bikes, they're essentially all spoken for. Right. Um, we've had um, we've had some, we have departments right now that made requests in January that have not gotten bikes yet because we've um, been pushing to expand it. And so we've had a lot more interest uh, over the last year or so. Um, and so, uh, at this point, those departments will obviously be first on the list for uh, getting a bike. Um, but I would encourage you, if you're interested in it, um, just to contact us and we'll get you on the list. And um, we don't have a hard timeline for delivery of bikes at this point, but I would say that if you got on the list now, we would hope to get you served by the end of summer. Yes, ma'am. I am wondering about the technology and stuff involved in the city bike program, the Zaxter thing. Um, you mentioned using your cell phone or your smartphone or texting. 
that what what do you need a credit card to be on file stuff like this how how are poor people supposed to use this program somebody who's downtown and wants to borrow a bike how does this work uh, so I'll answer your your last question first and I'll think we don't know we haven't solved all all that yet about full access for everyone um, because you have to have a credit card at least to to use the system um, you put your credit card number in, and that's basically the security uh, for a bike um, you know just like anything that you rent like renting a car like a, you know a hotel room that you book or anything like that um, you don't have to have a smartphone you can use just a regular cell phone and you can text um, to sign up for the if you have texting on your if you have a cell phone and if you have texting correct and then the last option would be if you, if you don't have a cell phone you still have to have a credit card but you can go through uh, what they're going to call a virtual kiosk. And we won't have this for our, our pilot launch, but if the system is successful and we end up expanding it, we thought about probably the, the public library setting up a virtual kiosk where you can go there and you can sign up uh, for the program. Um, you know, you won't even have to have a computer because you can use one of their computers to, to do that and, and you know, sign up for a membership that way. Um, but the, you know, the, probably the way most users are going to do it is with their smartphone. That's really how it's designed. That's how Zaxter's designed it. Um, that's one way they've been able to reduce the cost of the system because a lot of the earlier systems had this big kiosk, almost you know, like, a, like an ATM or like you would see in a, to get a subway ticket. Um, and those things cost a lot. You got to hardwire them. You know, they have to be connected to utilities. So uh, now you can do everything through a smartphone and there's a lockbox on the bike, and that's how you access the bike. It's basically through a, a, a code that you get on your smartphone. Um, so that's actually how they've made it cheaper and more accessible. But then, of course, the, the downside of that is that you do at least have to have a credit card to, to get the bike. How much does it cost for all these various lengths of rides and lengths of rentals? Um, this isn't 100% solidified, but the, the cost we're talking about for the passes right now would be $5 for a daily pass, $15 for a monthly pass, and then $25 for an annual. So obviously, you know, there's an incentive there for an annual pass um, for residents to just go ahead and sign up for the annual pass. It's $25. It's, it's, it's the best deal, essentially, um, per day that you might use the bike. If you get an annual pass, then do you keep the bike at home? No, no, no. You you return. You still return the bike to the station. You all the bikes live at the station. So Every day. Correct. You don't have to return to the same station, but you do have to return it to a station. And once you when you rent the bike, you can take it anywhere. You just have to return it at some point to the station. And so the the pass comes with a, a time allotment per right. day, right? So an hour, whatever that yeah, looks like, yeah. thirty minutes. So I th I think to answer your question. Um, a little more, you know, if you're, you're speaking about someone who doesn't have the resources to spend uh, only having it for an hour at a time or, or, you know, $5 a day or whatever, at some point there comes this threshold for someone who, who doesn't have a lot of means that they're better off working with someone like the Free Will Program to get an affordable bike that's a $100. And that's, that's a far more realistic option to, to meet some of their needs, I think. And so at some point you have to look at what, what the aim of the program is and what the need of the individual is. Because if it's if you're renting a bike for an hour to 
tromp around downtown. I think that's a different need than someone who needs transportation to get to work or whatever. So it, it really depends right, on right. where you're so going. I feel like I'm definitely missing a piece in the middle here, which, which is the, this $25 annual membership. You're, you're only using the bike for an hour a day? You're not using it for yeah, doing I, what I you need to do? I didn't say everything. I don't, I don't guess, understand that. The hour a day, the first hour is free, essentially, with any of the passes that you get. And then you pay per hour after that. It's three, $3 per hour. But first hour is free and then $3 per hour with any of these passes? Correct. So if you get the um, so if you get the annual one, for example, you could ride it every day for an hour and not pay anything more than your, your $25. But if you wanted to take it out to you know, ride it down to Boulder Springs or Hawthorne on the Hawthorne Trail, you probably <coughs> another six to nine bucks for that longer trip. Gotcha. And so it's not, you know, it's not probably, like Joseph said, it's not for someone who's riding their bike to work every day necessarily, um, especially if they're looking for a, a, a least expensive option. And one they can take home. Yeah. Just like this. Uh, and I can tell you that Zaxer um, is actually working on solutions for people who don't have access to checking accounts and debit cards and things like that. It's something that uh, we've discussed with them uh, for bringing, uh, potentially bringing stations onto UF to um, become a part of Gainesville system. And it's something that uh, we brought up um, because it is something that we think should be considered. And we want this, you know, I think that ideally a program like this can serve the people who need it. And um, those who don't have access to a credit card or a debit card or a checking account even, um, it would be great if they could find a way to do that. And we brought it up to them, and it's something that they have been looking at. And they've had requests from other uh, cities and universities um, who have been looking at their programs to, to help serve those populations. Um, there are no bike shares currently that have a solution besides using the credit card to secure the asset of the bike. Essentially, if you if the bike doesn't come back and you were the person who rented it, the credit card is on file so that they can recoup the expense of that bike from that user. Um, and so they're, they're trying to figure out that, but it's something that is, is certainly uh, part of the conversation, um, again, you know, me personally with them uh, on that issue, as well as um, they've said other uh, universities and cities that they're working with, something that's being looked at and they're, they're trying to figure out a good solution for that. Yes, sir. I read in the Sun not too long ago about a proposed maybe zip bike, kind of like a zip car. Was that private enterprise? Was anybody? Uh, well, Zach Zaxter, there's a Zipcar relationship. Yeah, right? they're actually yeah partnered with Zipcar. Oh, okay. So, uh, and so it's, I mean, I guess it, it is a similar idea. That it's just bike instead of a car. I don't know if that's what the article was, was referring. Yeah, to it didn't mention it. prices or anything. But I guess yeah. I was kind of wondering. If Comparable to what's being discussed here, or I, I have no idea. Uh, it's very close. In many ways, because it works under membership in most cases, and and you get some. Yeah, you, you actually, I guess, in some ways, Zaxter's is a little bit better because you get a free hour every time you ride it, and it, it's there's a little more cost with uh, Zipcar, but for that you can carry more stuff than you ever want to eat back home from the grocery store, right? With a bike, you can. Um, or you may have to eat it because now you've ridden all that way. I don't know. Uh, but whatever that looks like, it's a bit different in some regards. And so some of those companies all started on the same base platforms. Uh, so there's similarities in the way they take your money, the way they backcharge you, put holds on your credit card or whatever. Zaxter's, um, one of their primary funders is actually Zipcar. 
uh, the CEO is, is, is involved in both companies. Yeah. They, they invested, far invested in Zagster when they got started. So did the CEO of Ford, I think, or? I think, I think one of the prior executives at Zipcar is the current executive in Zagster. Yeah. Other questions? Are we going to drag the county into this at all? I, <laughs> <laughs> he just tried to drag his way out. Um, well, we're, we're happy to answer any other questions. You have in something? your ad, it said, ad. or not in the ad, in the newspaper oh, coverage of the meeting today, it mentioned bike safety. Were you also going to talk about bike safety? Well, we talked about it in the context of whether we're providing helmets or not providing helmets, what kind of information is provided, what the future hopes of, of provisioning more information, like Jacob mentioned, how they um, are going to get more education out to the students as they provide the bikes. So it's in the context of what those programs are. For instance, like you know, Scott said, they, they have programs currently for safety for kids at schools. They have programs... Uh, they're going to UF, like we talked about, to provide helmets and, and proper fitting for students once a year. Um, uh, and, and again, Zaxter as a model for the rental is very different. And how do you go through what that looks like? How do you, how do you ensure that everybody gets a new helmet or not? And who's, whose responsibility is that and where the onus is that? So we, we have gone over safety uh, some. As far as um, what else you can do for those safety programs. I think Jacob's going to actually take back some of your ideas to UF. So, Well, actually, what I was going to suggest is that every time I go to a festival, the city and the county and GRU tend to have a lot of giveaway things. They give away a ton of gadgets. Sure. And I would really encourage you to take back the word to every department that buys things they distribute that if it's anything that's worn, or anything that would be on someone's back, like a backpack, that it would automatically have to have reflective material on it. I really think the more you give away things that also uh, include a reflective band of some kind, the more we'll get these kids marked and make them visible at night and when they're trying to wait for a school bus and so on. And a lot of adults, uh, I live in the Duck Pond neighborhood, which is a very dark neighborhood because of all the trees. They even block the street lights. And at night, the number of times you encounter dog walkers, people just sauntering, enjoying the evening, that can't be seen till you're right on top of them is really scary. So since the city and the county buy these products anyway, wherever it seems appropriate, I really encourage you to ask them to put something reflective with it. Yeah, I know we give out a lot of helmets. And you stuff, do. But I don't know if they have all the helmets have material on them. All the helmets the bike pad gives out uh, do have reflective material on the back and on the sides of the yeah, helmet. And then the bicycle pedestrian advisory board also, um, which is a county city uh, function. Um, they also uh, fund projects to get reflectors and things like that out, uh, especially for um, for students, uh, school children, uh, to improve safety. And um, they're going through the process of choosing what will be the next funded projects uh, right now. So we've got ten minutes left. Nobody else has questions. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I have a question. You mentioned that the, the bikes that UF gets are, are uh, made in China, they're mm -hmm. ordered from China. Was any consideration given to uh, getting American-made bikes? Yes, certainly. When we went through the process, we took, um, we did take quotes uh, from American manufacturers of bicycles. Um, we found that uh, the cost was double uh, for a comparable bicycle, and um, it would also, and that would, would be a standard bicycle, not a customized bicycle for us. Um, and so we um, we made the choice to, to go with the bikes that we did with the intention of serving the largest number of students possible and keeping the prices low to make it a, a more accessible program uh, for the students that we wanted to bring in because we wanted to keep the program from being uh, prohibitively expensive uh, for, for our students. I, I may have missed something because I came in a few minutes late, but with the student program for you know, how, how does the student program work? They decide to partake in it and then every student gets their own bike? So students sign up and the students each have their own bike. Uh, so we have 100 bikes in the fleet, which means we serve 100 students. Uh, this semester we actually keep six of those bikes in reserve in case there's any catastrophic damage or loss so we can replace bikes for students. So 94 bikes um, were out to students and we, um, the students decide to rent the bike. Uh, the rental fee is paid through their student account, so just like they would pay for classes or their meal program. Um, and then uh, students are issued bikes at the beginning of the semester, and uh, the bikes are returned at the end of the semester, which ends their return period, whether it's uh, their rental period, whether it's one semester, two semesters, or three. And those bikes are all supported with free maintenance for the bikes while the student has them, so we take care of that to make sure that the bikes are lasting as long as possible and are up and running as much as possible for the students so they can really rely on them as transportation. How much does it cost for a student to rent a bike for a semester? It's $40 for a single semester and then $30 for subsequent semesters. So it would be $40, $70, or $100 for one, two, or three semesters. So $100 a year is the cost that you commit to an entire year of the program. I have to run, but I did want to say, uh, share one thing with you guys, and that is we're going to have the kickoff for the bike share on May 6th, uh, that evening, at 5 o'clock, and that precedes the first Free Friday concert of the year. So, um, bike to Bojibbe Plaza, and uh, Joseph will personally hold on to your bicycle for, for <laughs> The Active Streets Alliance will. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do, uh, they're going to be providing bike valet service, so... Worry about struggling for a, a bicycle space at the plaza, and uh, we'll we'll do a little ribbon cutting and open the, the first of the or one of the first two uh, bike share stations. There. Are the bikes you're using the same as the ones they rent on campus? No, no, no. That's a different so, style. Totally different. And the bike that's parked at the bike rack out front here is that the kind you're using on campus? Uh, no, for that bike departments, is rentals, a, or that's the bike that Joseph rides on a day-to-day -day basis. The long bike, <laughs> the the, the green dark one? khaki type. Yeah, yeah, the dark. Yeah. It's olive. Olive, olive, olive yeah. drab. Sure. So uh, that's not any of the bikes no, you're talking uh, about. There's no uh, at this at this location right here right now. There are no bikes from the UF uh, program. Um, they're out and about, and actually, we just had our end of semester take back event for the students who were not riding a bike over the summer to return the bikes. Um, so those bikes will be repaired and refurbished over the next few weeks to make sure they're in good running order for students who have them for the summer semester. 
So, Jake, another question on the departmental one. Since you're just, you know, refurbishing these bikes that you get, are you looking towards if this is very popular to go ahead and start a rental program for departments? Well, so are you are you talking about having more more of a uniform bicycle, or because well, we, we we offer it for free for departments? I, I we don't have any. We don't um, at this point have any plans to begin charging departments for that right. program. Yeah, just, I'm just thinking since there's 14 departments already in a waiting list, and the oh, more right. departments hear about, you're going to have more of a demand. So mm -hmm. um, I just didn't know if you were going to be thinking about something in the future. No, uh, we don't have anything planned as a short-term rental specifically for departments. If we do get, uh, if we do end up with Zagster stations, those will be available to students and faculty and staff. Um, and it's very likely we'll have a mechanism for departments to be able to have memberships uh, in, in a part of that larger program. But we haven't gotten that nailed down yet. Awesome. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for having us here yes. today. Yeah, thank you for coming. Yeah. Yeah. get on my bike and ride here. Great. So, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Cool. All right, folks, so I've got feedback forms. We really appreciate any comments you have about the presentation today. Enjoyed it. And if you did drive here, be sure to go up just up the stairs here, the double doors, and get your parking card validated. Anybody else need a form? Oh, I'm sorry.